further and gives us good information on what's happening here and around the world. And so the Voice of the Martyr, or VOM as it is known, is a, I'm just going to hold it up because these booklets are free. Amen. You don't have to pay for them. And uh, these people just want to get the word out. They want your prayers. And so um, Pastor Barb makes us aware of what's happening uh, to those Christians who are being persecuted for the sake of the gospel and how blessed we are to be able to serve and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. It's such a blessing when there's so many people who want to serve God that can't serve God because they're being watched, they're being tortured, they're being murdered, they're being run from their homes, I mean, separated from their families. But it is, they're choosing life. They're choosing God. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of them uh, over in, let's see, where is this? Uh, Syria. I think, in places like that, they're choosing to run rather than, de- de- rather than to denounce their faith. Amen. I mean, it's easy to do a fake conversion, but they would not do that because they want to stand strong in front of their Lord. Amen. And so they flee their homes, and they're out there with nowhere to go, no, you know, no one to help them, but God. God helps them. Amen. He always sends help in the present time of danger. And so I'm so thankful because I really wasn't aware of um, this publication, The Voice of the Martyrs, until Pastor Barb started teaching us from it. And so I'm just so thankful, and my prayers go with these people. You know, it's always something to pray. And if you feel like God's not using you, this is a good way to be used. Amen to pray for those who are being um, slaughtered and who are just being mistreated, murdered, killed, just raped, all of these things because they love Jesus. And they want them to convert, and they don't do it. I mean, it's just so wonderful. But I'm seeing the hand of God more and more every day. So we're going to fill you in on that too. But why don't we get started? Father, we thank and praise you. And we lift you up today. We love you, Lord. We thank you for a wonderful day in the Lord. And, Father, we thank you for the people who are standing firm in the faith. And we just bless and give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So I thought I'd start off with just giving everybody a little recap. I did a little read, and Pastor Barb sent me some articles to read. And so I'm just going to read to you what I wrote down. And just to explain those who maybe are not familiar with VOM, and like I was last year, I didn't know much about it. Amen. But it says, the voice of the martyrs. And I just kind of paraphrased in my own language, (laughs) in my fake shorthand. Amen. The voice of the martyrs, or VMM. VOM is a nonprofit interdenominational missions organization that offers practical and spiritual help to persecuted Christians around the world. Founded in 1967 by Pastor Richard Wormram, and I felt that, you know, I wasn't born. <laughs> Some of us were. <laughs> Who was in prison. Now, this man, Richard Wormram, was in prison 14 years in communist Romania. For his faith in Christ Jesus. 
His wife, Sabina, was in prison for three years. In the 1960s, Pastor Pastor Richard, his wife, Sabina, and their son, Makai, were ransomed out of Romania and came to the United States and spent their and to spread their message of, of atrocities that Christians face in restricted nations, while establishing a network of offices dedicated to assist the persecuted church. The voice of the martyr continues in this mission around the world today. This, mis- this ministry is based on Hebrews 13.3. How many of you know if you don't have a scripture to stand on, you don't have a ministry? Amen. Amen. And so um, he, they, were, they were given this scripture, Hebrews 13.3, that says, Remember them that are in bonds and bound with them. In other words, put yourself in their place and help them, pray for them, do whatever it takes, send money. You know, you're not there, you're, you're not in these situations, but help in whatever way you can. Hallelujah. So that's Hebrews 13.3. It says, And them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Hallelujah. Now their purpose, from what I, I read this, uh, a couple of their articles, their purpose is to encourage and empower Christians to fulfill the Great Commission in areas of, of the world where they are um, persecuted for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to provide practical relief and spiritual support to the families of Christian martyrs, Christians who have been martyred. And to help Christians rebuild their lives who have suffered oppression. And to inform the world of the faith and courage of the persecuted Christians, thereby inspiring believers to a deeper level of commitment with Christ. Amen. So from us reading and, and just acknowledging these stories, you know, they're stories to us, but they're real life. And so when we hear them, it's supposed to motivate us, and it does motivate us, I'm sure, you know, so that we want to do more. Every time I hear a story, I just put myself in their place, and I say, I don't know if I could have been that brave. Amen? And so, you know, it's just such a wonderful thing to know that God is with these people, and he's sending help. There's a lot of them that had to suffer, but it was, it, they suffered for a purpose. But it was to open a door uh, where people could understand more, help more, and send help. You know, sometimes people can't do anything but send money. That's wonderful. Sometimes people can't do anything but pray. But to spread the, the word around the world that people are being persecuted. But I see God's hand in so many things. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then they have a belief statement. I'm not going to go into all of that, but we all know what, what these people stand for. So I have four stories to read you. And I'm praying that I get all of the names right. Because some of these names, Muslim names, are not easy to pronounce. But uh, before I do that, uh, who was that? Juana? Did you, did you give me this? Yeah, Miss Juana um, gave me the 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 May issue because it didn't come to Pastor Barbara went in, in a different direction, but that's okay. We got it. <laughs> and there's a, a Muslim girl on the outside of it. 
and these people are just being tortured and it's just really sad but we see god i mean we see the bigger picture and god is involved amen he loved these people and he care so the name of this uh first this this um story is really is just a letter from the editor and his name is jim dahu hope i'm saying that right it's d-a-u dahu dahu but anyway it says the name of his uh little article is beyond isis for all of you that think isis is your friend amen which nobody in here believes that but there are many people that think they're and they they are angry because they're detained at the <laughs> you know at the airport but it says as and this is from the, the uh, letter from the president of this ministry it says as i write this editorial the iraqi military is fighting to push the self-proclaimed islamic state and that's isis out of Mosul, uh, iraq isis has controlled the city for more than two years for all of you that know people who don't believe that these people are enemies of christians and enemies of the united states and so they have controlled this city the city of uh, Mosul. i'm pretty sure you all saw that in the news i did a few months ago when they you know just took over a u.s compound well, it wasn't a u.s but it was a u.s fighters had been there and they had moved out and they went and took guns and everything and they just took over the whole city and over the what is that the barracks of the the um you know what i'm talking trying to the army or whoever and they and so they took that over and that was earlier this year and it says um for more than two years demanding that christians convert to islam that's what they demanded they didn't want money they didn't want the women you know what i'm saying they wanted christians to convert to islam <laughs> For, for people that don't think this is a problem so this is what this fighting is all it's a holy war amen it's a holy war amen and so it says pay an extreme high tax so they want christians to convert to islam pay an extremely high tax and leave the city or be killed leave the city or be killed most christians choose to flee rather than to deny christ by the time you receive this newsletter the Iraqi military may have successfully taken over Mosul. I pray so. But Christians returning to their homes in Mosul will face many difficulties as they rebuild their lives in this ancient city where Jonah proclaimed God's truth to the Ninevites. And that's something. While stories of ISIS um, atrocities have dominated the news other islamic extremist groups also continue to persecute the body of christ in the eastern african country of somalia al shabaab al shabaab has unashamedly proclaimed this goal of eradicating christianity and its members are ruthless in pursuing that goal um voice of the martyrs martyr have produced a guide to the various islamic extremist extremist groups such as el shabaab and isis and then it says see the back cover for information el shabaab has even committed cross-border terrorist attacks in neighboring kenya where they killed christians but allowed those uh, they considered genuine muslim to live 
the group believes it is waging jihad or holy war against the enemies of Islam. They have dis- distributed a list of suspected Christian converts from Islam, and anyone on the list who is discovered faces certain death. One believer marked for execution by El Shabaab was a former frontline worker we call Ab- Abdi or Abdi, whose story we shared at the end of this month's newsletter. How do our persecuted family members live in an environment of continuous threat? How do they respond when enemies of the gospel, including members of their own family, threaten to kill them? In addition to Abdi, or Ab, I think it's Abdi, Abdi's story, this month's newsletter shared the stories of three other Somalian believers, Aliyah, um, Mahad, and Amara, who were rejected by their families and faced ongoing threats because they turned their backs on Islam and placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, one of Aliyah's family members told her, you need to die. You don't deserve to live. Mahad's family told him, if you are still a Christian, we will kill you. And Amara was taken to a mosque where sheiks spit on her and chanted passages from uh, the Quran in attempt to reconvert, reconvert her to Islam. These three believers, however, have not allowed the threats, of, threats to silence them their witness, or prevent them from sharing the gospel with their family members and their neighbors. He says, um, your prayers and gifts help encourage and equip these dear brothers and sisters in Christ as they work to advance God's kingdom and the risk of rejection, beatings, and death. I look forward to spending eternity with them, but for now I pray that their courageous testimonies will inspire us to walk across the street to share Christ with a neighbor or to reach out to a co-worker or family members. Thank you for standing with them as their family in Christ. Amen. So I'm going to read four stories. Amen. Hallelujah. And the first one is called North Korea. It says, Han Yo Jo, this is a little guy, he says, is not quite an orphan. Well, it says he's not quite an orphan. His North Korean mother was sex trafficked out of North Korea into China. There she was married to a Chinese man who paid a fee to her broker. So see, nobody there belongs to themselves. Nobody has the freedom. Could you imagine someone else owning you? It's just so sad. And it says here, um, China's one-child one child policy. So China has a one-child policy. And a culture preferred by boys created a generation of Chinese men without partners. Trafficking, uh, listen, trafficked. North Korean women fill some of that void. Once in China, though, North Korean women have no legal status, no opportunity of education, and are sometimes mistreated by their husbands. 
Many opt to abandon their families and defect to South Korea. Now, these are the women, which is what Han, Han Yang Yo's mother did. After she left Han Yang Yo, his father was un unable to care for him. The number of North Korean orphans like Han Yang Yo um, in China increases daily, adding to the number of orphans who lost their parents to starvation, prison, or martyrdom in North Korea, North Korea, y'all, along with others who become separated from their family, from their parents along the defecting trail. None of them have any sort of legal status in China, even those with one Chinese parent to send them back to North Korea would mean death by starvation or imprisonment. And if you don't remember North Korea, it's Kim Manchu or whatever his name is. Kim, Kim Jong-un. And he's the one that, you know, just put a bomb and just, uh, what do they call chemical warfare on his own people? And so for all of the people that said, well, the United States shouldn't have done this, somebody has to help. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to help. Amen. And so anyway, it says Han Yong Jo, these net names get me, will be among the first children to experience family-centered care for North Korean orphans. Amen. During a, a VOM, that's the Voice of the Martyr, years of ministry to North Koreans in China, field workers have met many of these orphans. They suffer not only from physical illness, but from deep psychological trauma. They need more than a building that provides lodging, food, and medical attention. They need a family. However, with no legal status, no one can adopt them. This year, um, the Voice of the Martyr will begin a pilot program for a family-oriented uh, orphan care home to address the needs of North Korean children and those, who, those of mixed uh, North Korean slash China descent. Each child uh, brought into the home will come through an exiting North Korea, Korean a Christian organization, a missionary, a church, or a North Korean uh, receiving discipleship. The home will be limited to five or six children and will function like a family. That's good. Yeah. Amen. It says staff and teachers will not only live with the children, but they will become a spiritual mother, spiritual father, brothers, and sisters to these children. Teachers and staff will, will disciple the orphans, housing them not only in a building, but in the family of Christ, a family which, unlike their own families, will never leave or abandon them. This method of providing a family-centered place for orphans is, is what the underground Korean church has long, long to do anyway. I think that's what it was saying. VOM hopes to provide them the tools to minister in their method instead of the traditional Western orphanage method. So in other words, they want to provide a real family, real hands-on, not going through the legal system, you know, not, you know, saying, well, you can't spank, you can't do this, you can't do that, but really 
embrace these children into a loving home and present Christ to them in a loving way. Amen. And that's needed. You know, the United States needs to adopt this method too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It says, this home will limit to five or six children. Did I say that? Yeah. And function like a family. The future, the future orphan uh, care home is under renovation. And God is already at work drawing people to himself. The Christian worker directing the, orf, the orphan care project also disciples several North Korean women who were sold and married to Chinese men like Hong Yong Joe's mother. The husband of one of these women, who is not a believer, was so impressed by the changes he saw in his wife's life that he volunteered his time to work on the orphanage home. Um, as the Christian worker and the man have spent time working together, the Chinese man is opening up to Christ. Please pray for these Chinese men and all the children who will be touched through the orphan care project. Pray that God will reveal whether this kind of project can be multiplied over all over China to care for North Korean orphans. Amen. And this was posted May 3rd, 2017. Amen. Hallelujah. This one is called Sudan. It's after 510 days in prison. And this guy was just released. I think this was... <laughs> This was the one that someone, I think, uh, Shannon, uh, emailed this to us a few days ago. After 510 days in prison, Reverend Hassan Abdurrahim and Mr. Abdul Nim were released on May 11, 2017, on a presidential pardon. The two were, re, were arrested in December 2015, along with VOM's field worker, Peter Jasek and Reverend Kuna Shamal. Reverend Shamal was acquitted of all charges and released January 2, 2017, and Jasek, I don't know what I called him before, was released on February 26, 2017, also on a presidential pardon. My joy is now complete as my brothers are now free as well. Jansik uh, said following their release, Jansik a Czech, as in Czechoslovakia, um, a Czech national, was sentenced to life in prison on January 29th after a nine-month trial on charges including espionage, inciting strife between communities, and illegally entering Sudan. Reverend Abrahim Rahim and Abdul Mala each received 12-year sentences for their role in helping JSIC provide assistance to an injured student. Y'all hearing me? After Sudan's president, Omar el-Bashir, uh, pardoned Jasik on February 26, he was escorted back to his home country by Czech Republic foreign minister. Sudanese Christians faithfully re, uh, supported 
the four men throughout their trial, appearing in courtrooms when allowed and standing in solidarity outside the courtroom when they weren't. Uh, Jessica later talked about how encouraging it was to see them there and to hear the Christians singing hymns and praying. And then there's a picture here. I'll let you see it in a minute. Jessica spoke to Reverend Adderahim at about midnight Sudan time following this release on May 11, 2017. He told me that both he and Abdurham, whatever, <laughs> are in good health and we're excited and happy to be free. J6 said he also expressed thanks to all of those whom the Lord has used to push their case through. Reverend Abur Hadim um, told J6 that he had no regrets about his time in prison because he could see the Lord's purpose for him there. He was able to preach the gospel and encourage Christians in various prisons throughout Sudan. Hallelujah. And his imprisonment also served to encourage and embolden or, you know, make bold the Sudanese church overall. Uh, the, pa the pastor told Jasic that he, also, he already forgave those who uh, interrogated and imprisoned him. And that he feels no longer anger or bitterness. I pray that the Lord Jesus would reveal himself to them as Lord and Savior and God, he told Jason. The release of the two men is a bright spot in what has been difficult, a difficult year for Sudanese Christians. Earlier this month, the government began implementing this, its plan to demolish 27 churches they claim are built on a land intended for other uses. So that's something to pray about. Government officials also have also tried to confiscate property owned by the Sudan Presbyterian Evangelical Church in Amdurman. Several church, church members have been detailed, detained, and on April 3rd, an elder was stabbed to death in related violence. These recent events near Carterum um, take place against the backdrop of a, a, years, a year long bombing campaign against Christian communities, Christian schools, and hospitals in the southern Nuba Mountains. And this was posted May 12, 2017, and this is the men that were let go. <laughs> Amen. You can pass it back. Hallelujah. So prayer works. Amen. Hallelujah. Our prayers work. I forgot to send you a, this picture of uh, Yang Yong Jo, the first orphan that's going to take um, advantage of the family uh, orphanage, family-oriented orphanage. He's a cute little guy. So we want to keep these people in mind, keep praying for them. Because I'm just excited about what God is doing. Amen. This third story is called Laos. Or Laos. Laos. In February, leaders of a village in majority Buddhist Laos 
gave four Hamong Christian families a choice. Renounce your faith in Jesus or be banished from the village. The families totaling 26 adults and children stood firm in their faith and accepted the leader's decision. How many of us would do that? You know, it's like renounce Jesus or leave your house. And we're taking your property and everything you have. Amen. See, these people are faced. This is very real. You know, sometimes when you read these stories and you hear them, you, you kind of get like that's not real. I mean, because it's not real to us because it's not happening to us. But can you put yourself in these people's position? It's just such a sad thing. But we see God in every situation. Amen. He never sleeps or slumbers. And God, you know, this is the thing that I'm learning so much over and over about God. He sees everything. Amen. He sees it all. He hears it all. He knows it all. And when people need him, he comes. He sends help. Isn't that wonderful? He sends help. Amen. It's so encouraging. Amen. So let me get back to these now. Oh, yeah, it was the, the family. Tolling 26 adults and children stood firm in their faith and accepted the leader's decision. Two additional families were inspired by their bold faith and became Christians. The 32 people were tied up and transported by truck to the, to the nearest city. Some of the men were beaten along the way because the families had several city family members among them they requested to be dropped off at a nearby hospital for months they lived under makeshift shelter made from plastic tarps on the hospital ground as they struggled to survive with little food no money they remained faithful to their commitment to christ eventually the families moved to a nearby rice field where they were able to camp under a plastic tarp they could no they could not relocate to another village because no village village leader would accept Christians moving into their own their village, a common predicament for converts in Laos. While living in the rice fields, they shared Jesus with other poor families in villages nearby. One day what's this Kamu Kamu um, family visited them out of curiosity as to why they were living in the rice fields. Members of the Hamong families shared their story and how the and how the Creator God gave them freedom over the many spirits through His Son Jesus. The three members of the Kumu family accepted Christ and even invited an an, an evangelist to visit their village to share Jesus with other villagers. Recently, government officials visited the six Hamong families. And that's the 32 people. Let's see. The officials told the, the leaders of their former village that the families have a right to follow Jesus. Amen. See, we're seeing leaders slowly but surely standing up to this stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it says the families are now hoping to return to their village and share the love of Christ with their former neighbors. See, they've been per permitted to go home, and that's so awesome. This is posted April 28, 2017, and these little kids are just, just so cute, accepting Jesus Christ. 
No, wait, let's give it to Miss Kim. Hallelujah. I think I have one more, two more. This is called Central Asia. It says a family huddled at the train station as they tried to sleep on the hard floor. It was their second night sleeping there because they had nowhere else to go. They were restless among the steady stream of busyness of the travelers passing through the station. Let's see. Andre, let's see. Now, let me think. What is this? Enrique. Enrique watched his two young, uh, two year old, watched his two year old son shift into his sleep and wondered again if he'd heard God right. Moved to this village, this strange village where he knew no one. Moved my family away from what's familiar. That doesn't doesn't sound familiar. (laughs) Is this really what you meant, Lord? He prayed. (laughs) In the morning, an old woman took pity on the family of these sleeping in a train station and invited them to stay with her. Uh, Every day, I'm Andre. Andreki, or Enrique, whatever his name is, and his wife passed out New Testament in the village, you know, New Testament Bibles in the village. It was tough ground. The area they had been called to was particularly committed to Islam. The Muslim leaders were resistant to a foreign religion encroaching on their territory. Little by little, a small band of those who believed in Jesus grew, and a church was established. See, they didn't give up. They didn't give Now, they're in the middle of Islam. It's a Muslim country. Amen? Little by little, a small band of those who believed in Jesus grew, and a church was established. And Andre here, Enrique, whatever, uh, I just can't, can't get that one right, uh, completed the complicated legal process to have his congregation officially registered so they could operate legally. More than 15 years ago, that was possible. But today, although law of, although laws officially permit freedom of religion, registration and censorship laws have closed many churches. Um, openly sharing your faith is illegal and punishable by years in prison. That's so sad. In spite of his uh, official status, Andrehi has endured endless harassment in ministry. He's a particular threat because his congregation worships in the language of the majority ethnic groups rather than in uh, regional accepted and widely used Russian language. Mm, Okay. His car tires have been slashed. His windows have been smashed. During church service, strangers have recorded the license plate numbers of those attending his church. Three years ago, while Enrique, or Enrique, I like Enrique better, but I know that's not right, (laughs) was in in his car, A stranger suddenly got in and threatened him. Another time, two men assaulted his son and threatened to break his arms and legs. After Andrei 
filed a police report, the attackers told the police it was all a joke and the charges were dropped. In June 2015, the church was raided by masked police after someone had falsely accused the church of being a terrorist organization. Officials swept through the church, rounded up the church members, confiscated cell phones, and made everyone produce identity papers. The Central Asian governments are hypersensitive to the threat of radical Islam and any religious extremists. After more than an hour of interrogations, the police were finally convinced that Christians weren't plotting a terrorist attack. But the, problem were, but the problems have scared most believers away. The attacker lasted Easter. The attack last Easter was the worst yet for the church. As the congregation celebrated the resurrection, a stranger dressed in a suit and wearing running shoes entered, asked for the pastor, and was ushered to the back pew. Uneasy, several of the ushers kept an eye on him, but they had no time to react when he did something strange. He pulled out two medical bottles and hurled them uh, one after the other toward the front of the church, creating a chemical explosion that released a lot of smoke. As the congregation reacted and shot, the attacker ran from the building. Police were called, but it took them more than two hours to respond. Uh, seven people had to be treated for inhaling the gases. And this segment is called God at Work. More than 15 years of attacks have not derailed Andrei's commitment to uh, follow God's calling to share Jesus and pastor his church. He knew it would be difficult from the moment they arrived in the train station that first night. All these years, we've seen evidence of God at work, he told uh, Voice of the Martyrs workers. He's thankful for the support of Christians around the world. VOM is supplying him with Bibles for the church to reach out to the Muslim population around them. Christians, Christian brothers and sisters in South Korea and England have also helped the church. And in spite of everything that has happened, he sees, and he sees the hand of God guiding them. They now own both the church building and the land it's built on. The church has grown to about 50 members and is able to support four staff members with simple salaries. In all these years here, he said, my wife and I have seen so many evidences of God taking care of us. And this was posted April 25th, 2017. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this was them uh, at the train station with nowhere to go. I think that was the same story. <laughs> Hallelujah. This was uh, this is the one Hassan Abdurin. This is the pastor that was just released in uh, two two or three days ago, May 11, 2017, in Sudan. And this is the same guy. And he was uh, been in in um, in jail since December 2015. This is the story that I read. Well, this is just a another thing that came off of the off the internet. So this is what he looks like. 
him and the three other guys that were detained in jail. And I have one other one, and this is uh, this was given to me today, and it was Vice President Mike Pence addresses the World Summit in defense of persecuted Christians in Washington D.C. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this was on the 11th, so I think the 11th of May was a victorious day. Amen, because that's when that, those three men got released. And also that's when uh, um, Vice President Mike Pence uh, gave this. I think he was at some college. But anyway, he was in Detroit, Michigan. I'm sorry, Washington, D.C., not Detroit. Detroit. And this is, this is the, the thing where he was um, with Franklin Graham. And this, some of it was under Franklin Graham's name. And then when it came up and I saw Mike Pence, I'm like, this is interesting. So I'm going to read a little bit more about this. It's Washington, D.C. says, Vice President Mike Pence addressed the World Summit in defense of persecuted Christians in Washington, D.C. on Thursday with words of encouragement for persecuted Christians around the globe that the United States stands with them as God knows the plans he has for his people. Amen. And you know what scripture he used. Hallelujah. <laughs> it says, the summit was brought together by Reverend Franklin Graham. That's uh, Billy Graham's son. It says, the son of renowned Christian evangelist Reverend Billy Graham. Pence uh, addressed the crowd while also recognizing Graham. Senator Langford and Senator Blunt, Congressman Smith and Congressman Hultgren, says the vice president brought greetings from President Donald Trump, calling him a champion of freedom of religion and the freedoms enshrined in our Bill of Rights. Amen. Hallelujah. It says Pence also recognized several faith leaders in the room as well as those present from across the world who have been persecuted. Reverend Sammy Dogher, Father Douglas Basil or Basie, Reverend um, Alicio Villar, uh, Rash Rash Rashin uh, Suman and Keol Kang and then it says Ishak, Shehata, Ishmael, and many others. The Bible tells us all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, the vice president told the crowd. He continues, the reality is across the wider world, the Christian faith is under siege. Hallelujah. Uh, throughout the world, for those of you who have been asleep, no people of faith today face greater hostility or hatred than the followers of Christ. Penn stated over 215 million Christians in more than 100 countries, including Iran, Nigeria, and North Korea, confront intimidation, imprisonment, forced uh, conversation, abuse, assault, or worse, for holding to the truths of the gospel. 
He said this persecution against Christians is nowhere more evident than in the very ancient land where Christianity was born, Israel. Says Pence spoke to disciples of Christ who spread the Christian gospel in the valleys of uh, Samaria, Palestine, and plains of um, Nineveh and the Nile on the banks of the Tigris and Euphrates. They planted seeds of unbelief. They watered them with their sacrifice and their courage. Um, I'm sorry, seeds of of belief. They watered them with they watered them with their sacrifice and courage. They blossomed into fruit and have borne fruit for the gospel ever since. In other words, seeds have been planted and they're coming up with fruit that remains. Amen. It says the vice. Amen. The vice president recalls bombings of churches in Egypt on Palm Sunday this year. I was just this weekend with a pastor who from Egypt who spoke of the images that day of seeing the palms the people carried into the church on the ground marked with the blood of the injured, he said. He spoke of of religious buildings destroyed at the hands of extremists, priests and monks beheaded in Iraq, believers tortured for confessing Christ, and women and children sold into most terrible form of human slavery in Syria. President Trump sees those the embodied of evil who um, penetrate these acts, perpetuate these acts of hatred as what they are and call them by name, radical, radical Islamic terrorists, says Pence. A lot of people just hate to say that, but that's what it is. Amen. He charged the Islamic State, or in other words, ISIS, with genocide against people of Christian faith. Hallelujah. Amen. It says, in Syria, the Christian population has plummeted from one and a quarter million to only 500,000. Let me read that again. The Christian population has plummeted from one and a quarter million to only 500,000 in just the past six, six years. He said, in Iraq, followers of Christ have fallen by 80% in the past decade and a half, in the past decade and a half due to the violence of extremists and acts against Christian communities. The, the vice president recalls a trip to al-Bashar, in Iraq during his time in the U.S. House of Representatives in 2004. As initial operation, Iraqi freedom combat operations had concluded. Penn spoke of witnessing a warm interaction between the Muslim imam and a local bishop. Penn pledged that the Trump administration is fully committed to bringing relief and comfort to believers, not only across the Middle East, but across the world, he went on. We will not relent unless we hunt down and destroy ISIS at every source. You see, it, ISIS, that spirit of ISIS, is the cause of people, you know, just 
taken advantage of Christianity. It's because it hates Christianity. It says, he assured the crowd that anywhere terror strikes, America stands with those who are targeted and tormented for their belief, whether they're Christian, Yazidi, Yazidi, uh, uh, Shia, Sunni, or any other creed. The vice president said that under the current uh, president, America will continue to condemn persecution against any faith. The president's commitment to protecting people of faith also will not end with the elimination of ISIS or any eradication of terror. He cited a Pew Center uh, report that nearly 80% of the human family lives in places where restrictions um, on religion are either high or very high, a one-year increase of 5%. Speaking of the many nations of the world where religious minorities are trampled upon, Pence said the limitations placed on people of belief have become too numerous to count. They range from violence to vandalism, forced conversion to crush free speech, blasphemy laws to, to building codes, to detainment, to death. Pence then uh, turned to say persecution is one faith, persecution of one faith is ultimately the persecution of all faiths. The vice president spoke as he has many times before, uh, before of a plaque that was hung in wherever home the Pence is occupied from his years in Congress to the years as governor of Indiana and now in, um, as the vice president's residence. It quotes from the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11. <laughs> he's taken it wherever he's lived. <laughs> Amen. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not do you harm, plans to give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) You didn't know that they were so godly, did you? God knew what he was doing. Amen. Now y'all know why so many people don't mad. (laughs) The left, the left is so mad. It's a holy war, y'all. It's all about God. And he's finally got people in there that's going to fight against God persecuting Christians. It's got to stop. Somebody has to do it. Amen. And I'm just, I just thank God that these men are willing to stand up. Now, if that don't prove, if that don't prove who they are, then you need to get reborn again. Those of you that don't believe, <laughs> get, go get baptized again. Hallelujah. But this is what we have been praying for. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All of the years in this prayer manual. Amen. All of the the years that we've been praying for rulers and leaders. Amen. Has not gone unnoticed by God. And I feel victorious just knowing that God has heard us. He is with us. And all of the other cries of the prisoners. The Bible says he hears every sigh. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) 
so excited. Amen. Praise God. He encouraged the audience, fellow believers in Christ, cling to one another in these challenging times, adding that God knows the plans he has for us. As history records, even in times of persecution, this church has prospered. It's grown. In, let's see. It's had hope in a future, said Pence. With the strong and unwavering support of America and its um, courageous President Trump, I know that future. I know that future is bright indeed, now and in eternity. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good news. And this is from, let's see, this is from uh, two days ago. And the headline just says, Mike Pence encourages persecuted Christians at World Summit in their defense. And I'm so thankful. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's something to be thankful about. Amen. Amen. So I think we read all of the stories that um, that I was led to to read. But last, pray the persecution prayer. Amen. Do we have the persecution prayer in here? Okay. I meant to get it earlier. Sorry, sorry about that, Nova. We're gonna pray. I'll pray in English. And everybody else can pray in in the spirit. Praise God. I just wait. I'll come back when you get it. And we're going to pray as Pastor Barb. I always praise the persecution prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miss Nola. Okay, thank you. It's been through some wars, but it's still good. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. All right, why don't we pray for protection against persecution? We will submit to God, resist the devil, and he must flee. Amen. These are a counterattack for those under false accusation. We command, the enemy, we command the enemy to flee from us seven ways. Vengeance belongs to you, O God. We resist retaliation against our accusers. We're serving you, Lord, so why does the heathen rage? And the people imagine such a vain thing. You who sit in the heavenlies are laughing. Behold their threatenings. Stretch forth thy hand to heal, O God. Do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. I declare that the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let the ungodly fall by their own counsels. The Lord shall judge the people. Judge us, O Lord, O God, according to our integrity that is within us. Let the mischief of all our spiritual forces, those spiritual forces who persecute us, return upon his own head. Keep us as the apple of your eye. Hide us under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for teaching our hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in our arms. Thank you for for giving us the necks of our enemies. Shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lives against us and cause the tongue of the wicked persecutors to cleave to the roofs of their mouth. Stop the pointing of the finger against your servants. Stop those who point the finger against us without a cause and who hate us. Lord, we know it is nothing for you to help us, so help us, O Lord, O God, and O save us according to your mercy. Let my hands prosper and prevail against our enemies. 
but the Lord is with us as a mighty terrible one. Therefore our persecutors shall stumble, they shall not prevail, they shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Hallelujah. And Father, we just pray for more Bibles, more money, more people to support VOM. Father, that we can get the word of Jesus Christ out. And Father, we just thank and praise you for what you're doing. You did it all by yourself, Lord God. You responded to the cries of the refugees and those who have been hurt, those uh, have been murdered. And Lord, we just thank and praise you for making us aware of what's going on in other countries and in this country. And Father, we come against Islam. We bind it. We break its power in Jesus' name. We command them to lose all of their money. Father, we just declare bankruptcy over Islam and that they not have money to come against this country or anybody else. Father, we thank you that their um, everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. And we thank and praise you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Nola. All right. So is there anybody that needs prayer? Oh. Yeah. That's the one on this weekend, so he asked for prayer for first successful. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Graham. Graham, that's right. Okay. Well, we're going to pray for Franklin Graham. Father, we thank you for Franklin Graham. We thank you for his father, Billy Graham, and all the work that they've done in this earth. And, Father, we pray for their upcoming um, event, Lord. And, Father, we speak peace on this event in Jesus' name. Father, we speak peace. Uh, Lord, we just thank you that you will immobilize your people. And, Lord, we thank you that there shall be victory in this event. Father, they will lead many to Christ Jesus. And, Father, we just thank you that there will be peace, Lord. Everyone operates in purity, dignity, operating in peace. And we thank and praise you, Father. Lord, we just ask that you send the anointing to that place. Anoint every speaker. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in this great plan. We just bless and we lift you up, Lord God. Father, cause people to pray, to want to pray. Send the anointing to all of your people. And Lord, let them consecrate this day um, that they pray and do and ask whatever it is that you want them to say. We want to pray what you want us to pray. So we thank and praise you, Lord. We thank you for Franklin Graham. We plead the blood of Jesus over him where no hurt, harm, or danger shall come nigh him. We pray for our president and our vice president. Father, we plead safety over them in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We just bless you. And we give you all of the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We have time for if it's anybody that needs prayer before we leave. Anybody need prayer? Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody? That's okay, too. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God.